Side to row to center. Lundig shoots. He scores! Johnny Lundig does it again! Jarvis in close shot. There's a goal! Seth Jarvis, the 17-year-old. Short side, glove side, high, just under the crossbar. Cutting to the front of the net, and they score. Reese Newkirk along the right wing just took the pass. That was phenomenal patience from Seth Jarvis and the winner. Hey, this is Reese Newkirk, and you're listening to the Pucklandia podcast. Welcome into Pucklandia. Uh, pleased to be joined by Josh Kreitzer, the uh, he- uh, head cook and bottle washer over at PNW Hockey Talk. How's uh, how's things going in uh, over there with PNW Hockey Talk these days? Hey Chad, uh, good to be on with you again. Yeah, things are things are going well. We're we're kind of into the the meat of the season, or at least starting to get into the routine a little bit. And uh, you know, I think you had Kurt on. Uh, on your last show and you know he's he's been doing a great job and uh, really glad to have him on board and kind of helping us expand our coverage a little bit at PNW Hockey Talk so yeah no overall things are things are going great we got a lot of stuff in the hopper and uh, trying to just kind of navigate through all the uh, sometimes my eyes get a little bit bigger than my uh, my writing fingers of wanting to to write a little bit so I've kind of got a backlog of stories that I'm working on but you know all things considered it's uh it's been a good time so far. Yeah, no, I hear you there. That's that's why that's why I had to switch to to this format. I keep it a little more, you know. I don't I don't have any any half done conversations. You just have the conversation keep going. It seems to seem yeah. to work better for me. But yeah, the transcribing of audio. If if I you know last year I had an intern um, who was you know looking for some college credit and stuff like that. So I worked with him, and he was wonderful because he just. You know, I could send him the audio. He transcribed the audio, and, and it made it easier. But the transcribing of the audio from stuff is probably my least favorite part of the the reporter job. But uh, that's a part that comes with it. So, um, but yeah, otherwise, you know, we like it. Well, none of the. I mean, if you're the your brain's wired the 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 right way, then you know some guys are good at that. But and it seems like the apps never really work work quite right either. I know the ones I've tried to use. It's like yeah. You know, between we have interesting accents and and different vocabularies, and you know, talk too fast or any number of things, it seems like seems like you had to go through and you know correct it by hand anyway. You know, yeah, oh, hundred percent. And you know, they don't know the town, ta- the the software doesn't know you know the towns in Canada or the hockey lingo or you know when I'm doing a lot of my interviews, it's usually after practice or after a game. So you've got a zamboni in the background, you got guys shooting pucks off the glass and. Uh, there's a whole wide variety of different uh, factors. So, yeah, I, I've found that it, I spend more time correcting the, the software than if I were to just do it myself. So, uh, but yeah, that's the, if we're really getting behind the scenes now of, of what it's like to, to be a reporter. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, sure. But I was, you know, it, it, you brought to mind how, you know, every, everyone listening to the show has went through their own personal journey of there's a town called Lethbridge. Yep. Like really? Like yep. Moose Jaw, Medicine Hat. Like you know when Chilli- yep. when Chilliwack was was in the league, and 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 yep. and and now this year with 
with Wenatchee. Is is Wenatchee real? Like, is that just something right. somebody made up? Yeah. Well, so. then you got the other towns. You got the Prince Albert and Medicine Hat and Regina, which always throws people off. And yeah, there's just yeah, there's <laughs> that's just the joys of of the Western Hockey League, and nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And for for un, uh, WHL unfiltered listeners, uh, keep keep uh, your eyes out for some some Wenatchee uh, content coming up here. Hopefully, uh, you know, fingers crossed. But um, but yeah, back here to uh, you know the games we had over the weekend. I mean. You know the the number one ranked team in in all of Canada. They seem to have played up to that uh, to, to to those expectations. You know, for the most part. You know, kind of what's your your broad brush? You know, feeling about the the, the weekend we just had. Yeah, I think it was a I think it was a really good weekend for Portland. It's a it's a hard weekend to to take a lot of kind of what is this team going to look like going forward? You know, Cam Loops on on Friday night was you know they're a very different looking Kamloops team than what Portland saw in the second round of the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, Fraser Minton is, was kind of expected to be one of the main guys for them this year, but he's still uh, up uh, with the Toronto uh, Maple Leafs uh, and getting into a couple games already. So, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot there to, to see from Kamloops. There's a lot of, a lot of turnover with, with guys there, uh, you know, but that was a, that was a big, uh, big win just for for the team and you know they they fell behind you know one nothing and kind of took them a little bit to get going but then they kind of really dominated that game uh for, you know kind of after the first 10 minutes or so and then the tri-city game on sunday that's that's a game where um you know from i don't think that's a representation of the tri-city americans team that we're going to see this year that was a team that played three games in three nights with some travel uh saturday night they had played the same Kamloops blazers and, and had um, had a, I think it was a tie game going into the third period with them. So, uh, and then to, to travel to Portland to, to play like that's a with Portland on rest. That's that's a tough schedule matchup. So, uh, I, I would expect future Portland Tri City games uh, later in the season to be much closer and a much more accurate representation of, of what those two teams are. Uh, but yeah, there's you know what's working for Portland right now though. Broad brush is. I don't want to say everything, but it's they're getting contributions from the top of the line up to through their fourth line into all three D pairs. You know, the only player I guess we haven't really seen much of yet is is Luke Brunin. Uh, you know, Jan Spoonar has been the uh, he's gotten all the games so far and uh, was just named WHL Goalie of the Week. So um, making I think forty eight saves and had his first regular season shutout. So um, uh, on Sunday night, but. You know, there's there's a lot to like from 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 a Portland standpoint right now. Yeah, just uh, you know, Nick Avakian got you know for the goalie for Tri City for uh, Sunday night. You know, I was thinking like, you know, I mean, it's baseball playoffs right now. I was like, did he add an, an infinity ERA for that one? But uh, sitting at eight eight point nine five goals against on the year, which is that's a that's a tough number, man. That's yeah. I mean, small small sample size, but you know, you give up, you know, was it four goals in seven minutes? I mean, that's uh, yeah, and and you know, and it's again not they're tired in front of them, like you're saying, and obviously a, a tough Portland team who's who's rested and you know not not really his fault, but man, it was uh, it it was kind of it was tough to watch. You you felt bad for yeah. him, I think a lot. I think a lot of folks probably did. Yeah. And Avakian's had a tough go in Portland. You know, he, I don't know if fans remember a couple of years ago during the COVID season, um, you know, 
Avakian played and and that was when they didn't have a backup goalie and he he wasn't he wasn't doing the greatest either and so he um Portland had had put up several goals on him as well and he had to be in there and you know I think the next time he came he he had a pretty strong performance but overall his numbers against Portland aren't, aren't the greatest but uh I, I don't think there was many goals, you know, without, you know, going back and watching all of them that I, I feel like how many of those were, you know, would he want back type of situation? Uh, you know, some of the, you know, I think the first goal that, you know, that, that Nicholas Johnson scored, you know, I don't think there was somebody within seven feet of him on the ice and uh, kind of, you know, right down the slot there. So uh, it's, it's hard to blame the, you know, the goalies and, and, you know, we've had experience with that and, you know, it's something from, you know, building the relationship with Andy over the years and and just talking with some of the other people within you know the Winterhawks office and 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 hockey ops department of just you know sometimes the goalies get the raw end of the deal um but they can also sometimes be the beneficiary of a really good defense in front of them too so uh it's just a weird position and you know I I don't think that that you know I think there'll be some you know coming back to to the means for for Avakian because you know he's certainly a capable you know WHL goaltender I, I don't think he's you know gonna go on a play pro but um you know by all accounts he's you know good kid and you know working hard and and doing all those things but uh yeah probably if he doesn't play against portland in the vmc again i I think he'd probably be okay with that yeah yeah and you know i tweeted tweeted this on uh sunday night and it was backed up by you know bill wilms with the vancouver giants that you know i mean i think i think it's gonna be a long long list of, of teams that have experienced kind of the same fate, you know, coming into to, to this barn. It's going to be kind of a house of horrors uh, over the course of the season, I think, for, for most clubs. I mean, just the way that Portland could come at you in waves and, you know, the the goaltender of, of the week for the for the WHL. I mean, that's that's going to be, you know, it's, you know it, prepare yourself for, uh, for for this josh but it's it's like if uh you gave pat mahomes a, a top five defense in the in the nfl which is kind of <laughs> which is also happening yep. right now i mean if you can you know if, have have the, the the defensive goaltending on on top of the way that portland likes to 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 push the pace scoring i mean it's it's uh i mean things are looking pretty good yeah and you know i think one of the things you know when i was talking with mike johnson after the game um both on Friday and then Kyle Gustafson after the game on Sunday, you know, one of the things that they, you know, yeah, they were, they put up, you know, 11 goals on the weekend, but I think what they were most proud of, you know, was the, they only gave up one and it was the first goal, you know, so really after they almost went two full games, cause that, that first goal that Kamloops scored was less than a minute into the game. So, so really they kind of, you know, almost gone 120 minutes without giving up a goal and you know i think it, there was three shots that that cam Lewis was credited with on on friday in the third period and another five for tri-city you know so there's um or sorry i had that opposite 12 tri-city had 12 in the third excuse me um looking at the box score wrong but uh you know from the number of chances that they gave up uh i think as portland has done a much better job you know as these you know, we've talked about it for a while now, but this, this Portland blue line is they're finally the 19 year olds. You know, it's always been, you know, the four, four 17 year old defensemen, four 18 year old defensemen. Well, they're all 19 now. So, uh, this is kind of the, at least that they're kind of the, their primary guys now, um, are kind of all 19. And then you got Southern and, uh, um, who's, who's a little bit younger, but you know, this is where you're starting to see that pay off a little bit. And, 
you know, I think from a defensive standpoint and how Portland's done limiting the grade eight chances on Spoonar has been a been a welcome adjustment from from what they dealt with uh, maybe the past two seasons. So at the season ticket holder party after the game on Sunday, Mike Johnson said something to the effect of there being, I can't remember, 15 or 20 scouts in the building on Sunday night? Yeah, I think the number was closer to 30, probably 25 to 30. But yeah, there was there were scouts aplenty in the building um, uh, last on, on Sunday night. And, you know, I think some of them are, you know, there was some player development guys there. I think there was some player development guys for San Jose and Philly, uh, seeing Southern and and Canyone. But yeah, there, you know, there's Calgary scouts and Ranger scouts, and I think there was an Avalanche scout there. But yeah, there was. Um, I I think on the I think when when Kurt and I were leaving the the media room before warmups, I think there were 16 scouts that were signed in, uh, and that's usually about 50 to 60 percent represent of of scouts that actually you know check in and, and register so there's a lot of a lot of eyes on uh, on this game from a from a scouting standpoint um but uh you know i they uh they definitely you know they they they, they saw an interesting game I, I don't think that was uh maybe the you know it there's it's hard to take a lot from a game like that when the schedules and um are so different and one team's playing a three and three, the other's playing two games and coming off rest and not having to travel. It's, it's hard to take a lot from that game, but I think from a scouting standpoint, he's talking with some of the scouts, what, what they can really see is when it's, when it is a blowout like that, what sort of habits are, are players, you know, show, showing, are they, are they still winning puck battles? Are they still competing? Are they, you know, are they getting back on the back checked? You know, I think some of those types of habits and things can, can come out a little bit more in blowout wins and losses. Uh, you know, it's one thing I really noticed about, about Tri City and Jordan Gavin of just that, you know, that player just did not stop for checking even when it was seven, nothing. And I think that's a, you know, that's a young guy for Tri City, a guy that they're going to really be trying to build around over the next couple of years. And when you're leading by example like that, I think scouts notice that type of thing. So, you know, scouts, you know, they're, they're watching the game differently than, than, than a fan might be or, or, or a reporter, but uh, it was, they definitely saw an interesting game. But yeah, lots of to confirm. Yes, lots of scouts in the building on Sunday. Well, here you are back in the meat and potatoes, which is you know what we love about you. But I mean, just for for but back to the the you know the the fun stuff. I mean, I mean you, you've been in in that building a, a lot of times. I mean, typically like five or ten scouts is kind of more of a <clears throat> like you're ha- like you're impressive. There's ten guys there, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it can vary throughout the year, um, but you know, I, I think it, it can it can really depend upon also what else is going on. Portland is a very easy place for scouts to get to, uh, so sometimes scouts will make their Western League scouts at least. Um, you know, NHL scouts will they can come to Portland on on a Friday night, and then they can hit up Seattle. They can make it out to Spokane. They can you know if they've got a if they're gonna make their way down to California or, or into Idaho or any kind of see some of those other kind of programs or different things like that. Um, you know, this is it's it's an easy spot to get to with the airport being so close. Um, but yeah, it's you know I it it really varies on the night, but you know I think the closer to 30 scouts that probably were there or 28 scouts on Sunday. That is probably on the 
high end. Um, I think the most I've seen, I think there was like 50 some for a Portland Seattle game last year, um, which makes sense given the amount of players that were <laughs> that were drafted last year from both teams, especially Seattle. Uh, but yeah, so it's 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 hard to say, but yeah, it's definitely closer to to the probably closer to the ten than it is the five. Well, and the <clears throat> and the first draft eligible that comes to mind is Diego Budazoni, and yep, he's presumably picked a good time to get hot as far as having uh, having that kind of attention in the building, right? Yeah, he has, and I think you know, with central scouting, you know, start to kind of form their list, and you're starting to see some of those things come out. I you know, I think it's probably depending upon, you know, because some of those 16 year olds that are, you know, first year draft eligibles, but are in their second year of the WHL, they've the scouts have at least seen them and they'll kind of build their, they're building upon their, their reports after what they saw as a 16. And, you know, Diego had a good 16 year old season, but maybe not quite the numbers that he was maybe hoping for. And so, yeah, he is putting up those numbers now, but, you know, in just talking with some of the people, it sounds like it, it'll probably be, he'll either be a C or a B ranked skater would be my guess to, to start the year. Uh, you know, so B is kind of second, third round, and then C is kind of fourth, fifth, sixth round type of thing. Um, kind of projection wise, you know, I, I think there's still some, you know, Diego has absolutely come out on fire. He sees the opportunity to, kind of play on that on that top line and 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 to play alongside some of those guys um you know like uh Clausen and and Stefan and um uh, you know he's moved out of his center position in order to be able to do some of that so uh but yeah Diego is has had a had a tremendous start to his season and you know one of the things I talked with Mike Johnson about on Friday that Diego scored the goal from the right right in front of the net and that he's going to the hard areas on the ice to be able to contribute. We've seen his one-timer. We've seen his wrist shot. We know those are accurate. They're heavy. He can get it off quick. But uh, that was, at least from a coaching staff standpoint, it, they were they were very pleased to see him get to the dirty areas and kind of score a rebound goal uh, as opposed to kind of making a more, more flashy uh, style goal. Yeah, I mean, if you can, you can add that to your – your arsenal, you know, as far as a, a, a guy with skill and speed, and if you can, you know, it, it, you can only have so much talent, but you know, you can learn, you know, ha- habits and hard work. If you put you put that together, I mean, that's uh, that's going to be pretty pretty impressive resume for you know when when people are watching your game. Yeah. And, you know, Diego's gotten a chance to see last year, you know, a guy like Robbie from DeLorme and kind of see what, what he was able to do in front of the net and kind of be a, a, a net front presence. I don't think Diego's going to be that kind of player. He's a different style player. I think you're seeing a little bit more from, say, Luke Shelter, who's really started to use his body and, and his size. Uh, he's off to just a tremendous start to his season, despite not playing any of the preseason or in, or in the Neely Cup at any of the games at all while he recovered from offseason. Um, I think it was a wrist or a shoulder injury. Um, but yeah, when I was talking to him after the game on, on Sunday, he was saying that this is, he, you know, he's like, I'm feeling really good, but I've also, you know, I've gotten used to not having a long lead up and re- coming back from injuries. He's said he's broken both wrists since he's been in Portland. And, uh, you know, so it's just one of those where he's starting to kind of figure it out a little bit, but that's a guy who, you know, going back to some of the success that's out there, you know, when, when you can have, you know, Luke Shelter, who's one of Portland's kind of heaviest, you know, kind of bigger body guys to, 
to really, I mean, he's got nine points in seven games and 14 of all, all of last year, you know, granted he was injured a little bit, but you, you just, you can't, this is the type of uh, steps, you know, the coaching staff is, is looking for guys to take and, you know, and then you just, it just, it just keeps going down the line. Hudson Darby gets a, gets a pair of goals, uh, a couple C and I shots, but you know, if they get into the net, you got Nick Johnson, who's, who's putting up some, uh, some goals and, and some points now in, in his second season and, and just kind of it. Yeah. You know, your fourth line and third line are, are over a point of game players for Portland right now. And that's that, I think that's everything you can ask for from, from this Winterhawks team. Yeah, you mentioned Hudson Darby. It was only, you know, last week when I was speaking to uh, Chad Leslie, the GM of the Swift Current Broncos, that you know I realized that Hudson or that uh, Regan Darby rather was in this league, and it was only about an hour ago I realized that his son is on the Winterhawks. So yeah, I'm kind of yep. I'm, I'm the I'm the last one of the party on some of this stuff sometimes, but you know I I, I, I saw I saw Hudson and, and, and Griffin's dad play uh, in the minors and. Uh, back in the in the IHL in the in the 90s, so that was a, 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 <laughs> yeah. a player I was familiar with. That you know, I just kind of forgotten history for the most part. But you know, maybe maybe what's old is new again. But you know, yeah. and, and you know, and that's the thing too, though. You know, we talk about you know the scoring by committee, and we've and that's definitely a thing that's probably going to have you know come up, you know, constantly this this season for this Winterhawks team, and and like we've talked about before, usually it's a thing you settle for. It's not. It's not a thing you would choose. It's kind of like, well, we just don't have any stars. But, you know, when Budazoni has, like, well, Budazoni's one player, but, I mean, you're talking about Shelter, you know, with, with nine points and 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 Chizowski with uh, with eight points. And, you know, these are, these are you know, theory, air quotes, you know, bottom six guys that, you know, you're, 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 fourth and fifth leading scorers are not playing on the on the top lines whatsoever I mean like you can you can really live with that I mean that's going to be extremely hard to to shut down over the over the long run 100 percent it is and you know what 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 makes Portland so challenging to play against is their lines are so different from you know the first line um through through the fourth line It, it there's just there's so many different aspects to it you know stefan klaus and butazonia on the top line you know you got stefan who's just a, a sniper you got butazoni who's emerging klaus kind of just a do-it-all type of player then you throw the second line and you get the playmaking of o'brien that the just sheer speed and and you know skating ability anew and then zakreski who's kind of turning a little bit into a power forward you know they bring a different dynamic and then from there you know, Johnson rolls out his third line of Shelter, Johnson, and Chazowski, and you got two bigger body wingers and Shelter and Johnson out there, and then Chazowski, who's just, you know, a bulldog out there trying to get the puck when he doesn't have it, and, you know, and just guys that are going to the front of the net, that, that just makes it in a challenge, and, you know, they're, they're built differently than the other two lines. And then Portland's fourth line over the weekend just, I think, had – probably their best weekend in Uremco Darby and, and Jockums and you know Darby got a pair of goals and you know I think there's some assists in there for for the other two and but you know they drew a power play Mike Johnson gave him a look on on a couple of the power plays as well towards the end of the Kamloops game and then also to start the third period I think in in the Tri-City game they, they got a look on the power play as well so you know that scoring by committee when you know last year we kind of talked about it like all right who's going to be the guy tonight and 
you know, that's kind of a similar case for Portland now, but they're they're putting it in the net with a lot more consistency, and it's caught and it causes a nightmare of a matchups. And that was one of the things when I talked to um, Dennis Williams after the Everett game is he's like, you know, Portland's a hard team to match up against because I don't know which which you know D pair do I want to put up against you know do I try and shut down the 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 Klaus and Stefan line or do I try and shut down the O'Brien Newen line like where do you where do you put your you know your top pair and your best defensive forwards you know it's not like you know these other teams you know some of these other teams that have just a really strong you know top line in in a way like like Tri-City is somewhat built where where you can kind of stack that against that line and and you know okay you know from a matchup standpoint these are the guys we're going to put out to check against that line and here's the D pair that we're always going to want to try and match up against Portland just has a matchup nightmare for for opposing coaches as they try and figure out how to how to slow down this this train that is the Winterhawks right now. Well, and then you have you know a series of of uh, uh, you know some rough stuff you know on Sunday night, which you know maybe we can get into that too. Maybe maybe yep. that's a, an element to this this team too because it seems like they've been you know all these games have had spice in chili. It seems like, but. You know, and they so that kind of throws the lines in a blender, and they and they come out there with with Stefan O'Brien and and, uh, and and sixty and Gabe Clawson on the line, and I was like, well, that's one I hadn't seen before, but you could do that, and and you could you could go to that anytime you wanted to, really, and I'm like, that's you know that, that would be you know difficult to to contend with, and 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 if you did again, if to if Dennis Williams wants to throw his his, his assets towards that, then you know, you got guys who can slot in after that. So it's kind of, you know, back to the thing that, you know, I, I always give them credit for that they tend to spread it around a little bit and, and that's going to be beneficial, you know, in the long run. But yeah, you could, you could load up that, that top line if you wanted to is with, you know, three twenties. And, and, and we saw that a little bit on, on Sunday night, even if they didn't really need it or it's just kind of the, the, the flow of the game with uh, guys in the box. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing that, you know Johnson, especially early in the season, he's going to mix and match his lines. I I would be willing to bet these aren't how the lines finish to to start the year or what the playoff lines are going to look like. It's it's about finding who plays well with one another and you know who's going well and you know it, does someone need to pick me up and or or whatever it might be. But yeah, you know Johnson's got options and and there's enough of that mixing and matching that that you can do that you know, you can really start to kind of find some of the chemistry, you know, Clausen and Stefan have shown, you know, all, all year so far, just this remarkable amount of chemistry and, um, you know, and O'Brien and Stefan have a long history of playing together. And, um, you know, and Chizowski's a player who, you know, I think on most teams, he's easily in the top six. And, um, and so he's, he's a dynamic player to have on the third line, but he's a player that, you know, if someone's in the box or, or they just need to mix things up a little bit or need an energy shift. Chazowski is a guy who can easily slide up in the lineup as well. Um, but yeah, it's Portland is just, it, they're a unique team this year and you know, they're, they're a veteran group and what, what's, what's crazy. And I was talking to some people about this, about this after the game on Sunday is we still haven't seen the full Portland roster and, and what, what they're going to look like you know, yet, because when Davies was in, Newen was out. Now Newen's back in, Davies is out, um, which it sounds like Davies might be able to go on Wednesday. They're going to they're gonna try for it um, when they play against Brandon. Suffered a lower body injury, and um, sounds like he's close. 
he was in a full contact sweater, but didn't necessarily always participate in some of those drills, but he'll, he'll be, um, you know, I think he, I think he's close. They're trying to, you, you know, they, they held O'Brien out last weekend or two weekends ago uh, when he was battling an illness, like they're just not risking some of these things, but you've got, you've got Kyle McDonough and Ryan Miller sitting in the wings as well. And, and they, there's high hopes for both of those, those players as well. And um, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of moving parts here and that's even before if Johnson elects to make any sort of move to kind of bolster his bolster, his lineup. But there, you know, there was, there were, they were, uh, they were definitely fired up on Sunday. I'll tell you that. Yeah, if there was, if there was ever a, a, a time when you can afford to, you know, take your time with bringing guys back, if there's any sort of question if they can play or not, it's it's right now. Like you're saying, yep. I mean, they, you know, they 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 might not have a lot of, you know, extra guys in numbers, but the, you know, the 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 quality is 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 over, you know, comes before the quantity here in that. You know, you can you slot uh, you know very very skilled hockey players in at any position, and so you know I don't th- I don't think they're in any hurry to, to or shouldn't be anyway to rush anybody back. And uh, you know with this you know a good wheat t- wheat kings team coming in here, which you know I'm I'm excited to see. I mean we you know we didn't do that for however long. I don't know when the last time the the wheat kings were here, but you know what a classic. Western League franchise and, you know, even post Kelly McCrimmon and all that, but, you know, fun to come in here. But, uh, and then that's, uh, that's the last, last time that we're going to see the, this team in the, in the Rose city for, for some time after that. <laughs> yeah. Portland's got a, you know, they're getting ready to go on, on their really long, um, Eastern slash central swing, depending upon what you want to, what you want to call it. But yeah, this Brandon team is, they're going to be a fun team. I'll tell you, they, They've they've got three NHL uh, uh, drafted players uh, on their team, uh, Bjarnson and and goal, uh, and then Nate Danielson, who's a first round pick of the Red Wings, uh, and then Brett Highland, who's a Capitals uh, draft. I don't know where his rights stand at the moment, but uh, he was a Capitals uh, draft pick. But but Nate Danielson is definitely a player to keep an eye on uh, for Portland. I was talking with Kyle Gustafson about that. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of what they're what they're expecting out of this out of this uh, uh, Brandon team on, on Wednesday. And, you know, I think when I was looking at their roster, I think they've got nine first-round banner picks on their team, uh, 11 if you count the two first-round imports that they have as well. So this is a this is a talented group. This is a Brandon team that has kind of been in the rebuild mode now for uh, a little bit, and they're kind of, I don't want to say a year away, but, you know, they've got a lot of 04s as well. Um but they, you know, they've also got a good group of eighteen-year-olds, uh, and um, you know, so this, you know, I think we're going to learn a lot more about the Portland team and kind of how they are going to function and and what, you know, how is their structure going to look like when they go up against a, a team that is, you know, I don't necessarily say rested, but is maybe a little bit um, more. Pre- I don't more prepared is not the right word for it. I'm I'm struggling to find the words tonight with that, but it's it's going to present a different challenge than let's just say than, than what, uh, what tri city threw against them, uh, on Sunday. So, um, you know, I think, you know, Brandon will still have travel cause I, I'm pretty sure I I'm trying to remember from my prep work that I was doing, uh, yesterday, but I, I think they play in Seattle on Tuesday and then Portland on, on Wednesday. So I think Portland will still get another team on a back to back, but, um, 
yeah, it's it's a uh, Brandon's an Brandon's an interesting team, and they're going through their through their U.S. division um, swing right now. The the first year that you know Mike Johnson took over this team, first full season, and obviously you know they were in real bad shape before that, and you know it was about this time of the year, and there was a lot of optimism, and started to have some some success. And the Wheat Kings came to town, and they were actually hosting that year, mm. you know. And I remember, you know, Portland looked real good. I think they won that game, for memory serves. And, you know, I remember hearing somebody say, you know, that we saw, you know, one team that's going to be in the Memorial Cup this year, maybe we saw two, you know. And, I, you know, premature or whatever, but, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, at that time, you know, hope springs eternal. And, you know, it's kind of – it's, you know, I'm probably the only guy thinking about it like this, but, you know, the Wheat Kings coming to town as a measuring stick, same time of year, you know, we've kind of had a, I mean, the whole world had a reset, you know, including this hockey team. And so it's kind of like, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, it's, it's a smaller measuring stick than, than at that point, but, you know, let's, uh, you know, I'm excited to see how that game goes. And then, uh, and this long road trip too, I mean, they're, you know, a there's, long trip. Yeah, and, and in addition to it, you know, a couple of you know, a US team on the way out, a couple of B C teams on the way back. You know, I, I I you might know more than me, but I don't think they're I mean, I think that's all part of the same road trip. I don't think they're gonna like come back to town for a day or two and then head back out again. Correct. Correct. They'll they'll they're gonna do the Everett game on Saturday, come back, and then they'll depart for Red Deer and Edmonton uh later next week. So They'll, they'll break it up a little bit, but yeah, I don't think they're going to come back after the Lethbridge game. I think they'll head to right to Kamloops or they'll turn it into a team bonding event on their way on their way west across Canada to, you know, maybe they'll, they'll end up at one of the ranches that they've been at before where they, you know, are doing different, you know, team building exercises and things like that. I know Mike Johnson loves these long road trips at the earlier part of the season, really helps with team bonding and things like that. But yeah, you, you're absolutely right. After Wednesday, they don't play again at home until I think it's November 17th. Uh, so almost a full month between home games for, for the Winterhawks. I mean, it is a month. It's the, the seventh, the, the 18th to 17th, you know? Oh yeah, I suppose. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you know, I I thought they and I wondered about that. And I kind of wondered if you, if you had that that inside information as far as yeah after the Everett game on Saturday, then they don't have to be in Red Deer until the till the next weekend. And I wondered if they would just go from there. Or... No, they're going to come back. So I think they're going to leave on Tuesday or Wednesday. I think right now I haven't heard the final deal, but they're going to try and they're going to try and split it up at least a little bit. Uh, but they're not. They're they're coming back after the game on on Saturday. Uh, and then they'll, they'll leave probably, like I said, either Tuesday or Wednesday, um, of, of next week, um, to go to, uh, to Alberta. Yeah. It's interesting. And it's always, you know, they consistently go this time of year. Like you mentioned that, that, you know, Mike likes to do that and you get ahead of the, you get ahead of the snow, you have yep. you know your team building. I mean, it's, it, it makes sense in a lot of different ways, but for the fans, I mean, you just had, just had a couple of games to to get accustomed to this team, and then boom, they're off again for a while. So, and sometimes it can be, you know, you're you're a little frustrating to, you know, not have not have any hockey, uh, live hockey anyway, for a while. But 
you know, I always like those, especially, you know, the, the, the video package gets better every year and the, and, and some of these barns, you know, have, have good equipment and you get it, you know, these, uh, you know, these other play by play guys that we're not necessarily familiar with, you know, and it's, uh, I mean, I love all of it, but you know, it is, it is kind of tough to not get to go to games for a while. Yeah, that that part is challenging. I think the I think the streaming package is still a work in progress. Uh, there's some parts that are really smooth, and there are other parts that are not. I'm looking forward to, you know, I think the some of the the video product coming out of you know uh, Edmonton and Calgary, at least from other games and feeds I've seen, have have been pretty good. You know, they've got an NHL, they're in NHL buildings, so that always makes a big difference. Um, I think Red Deer has had a good, if I remember right, they've had a good production in the past, but. Um, I, I can't speak for Medicine Hat, Swift Current, and, and Lethbridge, but um, yeah, it's a it is challenging, you know. But also from a you know, if you look at if you look at some of Portland's you know attendance over the last four games, like I don't think they've gotten over forty five hundred yet um, for for a game. So you know, I think they're they're competing it. There's a lot of things to compete against right now. So from the ticket office standpoint, I you know I think they'd like to keep up the momentum a little bit, but you know, I, if I remember right, I don't think they drew three thousand fans for the for the Tri City game on on Sunday. So, um, it's you know you're you're competing against college football, you're competing against high school football, and other different activities right now. And you know, I think it's usually around after Christmas when Portland's attendance starts to kind of climb a little bit. So, yeah, as frustrated as it is to not you know see live hockey for for a month from a an attendance standpoint and you know, bottom line dollars, you know, I think the organization is, is probably okay punting some of those, those games to later in the year. Yeah. I, I, I have the, the, the numbers open in front of me already. Okay. And, oh, you do. Okay. And you're correct. They were, they were 50 people short of 3000. Gotcha. Okay. On Sunday. I knew it was close. I just remember seeing a two to start the number when I was looking at the game sheet uh, towards the end of the night. So yeah, yeah. almost, almost there. A few of us would have brought a couple couple friends but uh <laughs> yeah i've been working on the plus one for a while it's uh it's not quite worked out quite yet yes. but you know <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the only move i have you know hey, do, yeah. hey yeah. What, what are you doing friday you want to go hockey game but uh yeah ex- yeah exactly and i've had luck i've had luck but um yeah yeah you you've done you've done much better in that in that category <laughs> than i have but i digress but uh yeah. but yeah i mean we you know four thousand two hundred the first night and then right at four thousand the the second two games, and then the the last game just under three. But but yeah, I mean they feel I don't know. I mean I was maybe it's you know I mean I'm an eternal optimist, but it always like feels like a good crowd even at four thousand. But yeah, it's I think four thousand is kind of the number that you know I think really five thousand is probably the a better like once they hit that, that's when that building really is electric and comes alive. I I think the home opener crowd. Um, was was pretty spectacular i thought they were into the game you know from the get-go that there was a little more corporate feel on on the game against vancouver um just my own opinion on that i don't i can't it, it just it didn't seem like fans were as engaged and you know some of that can be that it's not the opponent and you know people know everett a little bit more and and things like that but um yeah it's still a it's one of those where portland like four thousand getting four thousand fans is not a bad thing you know, I think, you know, they're probably, you know, most barns I, I, and most teams would, would probably, you know, love to have 4,000 fans. But when you've got a, when you've got a stadium like the Coliseum, 
it looks just empty. And that's the part that that's sometimes challenging is, you know, the fans are spread out so much too. And so when, when you only have like, like you're saying, just what you said, 2950 or something like that for, for Sunday's game. And um, it's a, you know, when you spread them out across that big arena, it, it's not like when you're playing in, in Kent or some of these other barns where, you know, it's just one lower bowl and everyone's kind of stacked on top of each other. It, it, it can sometimes feel a, a little cavernous, but uh, they definitely, the fans were, were into it, uh, at least for the first couple of games. You know, I think uh, the, this past weekend, maybe not quite as much from, at least from my seat, but you're probably more in tune to some of that than, than I am. Cause I'm still focused on, you know, reporting on the game and you know i always end up you know i'm looking at so many different things throughout the night and usually fan interaction is probably one of the last things i'm looking at um to be fair yeah no that's a that's always you know the 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 looney tunes you know cartoon angel of the devil over the one shoulder and the angel over the other shoulder for me it's you know Mm -hmm. i'm i'm a fan i pay to get in i have fun but i'm also and that directly competes with you know my analyst you know hat Right. I'm wearing, you know, and then and also where I happen to be sitting in the rink, which is, you know, varied wildly so far in the first couple of games. Sometimes I'm here, sometimes I'm there. And that's the exact same thing. Like there's, you know, if I'm down in the in the corner against the glass, that's that's, you know, more fun as a fan. But, man, I really couldn't tell who set up that goal on the far end. You know what I mean? Like, that, <laughs> yep. So that's always, you know, being quasi media like like I am, it's kind of, you know, can be can be tricky to, to make all those those Venn diagrams overlap. But. You know, you but we did. You know, we talked about the uh, the juice in the crowd, and that's you know kind of dovetails into something I wanted to touch on earlier. That you know these games have been, you know, kind of have some hockey violence to them, and it seems like all, you know all the the home games so far have had you know some 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 jump and some uh, you know some rough stuff, and you know people people tend to like that and gravitate towards that. But you know, I feel like you know it's again it's a small sample size, but I think it's enough to. To, to look at a trend that you know it seems like uh, seems like this current group of, of Winterhawks isn't really interested in taking anybody's shit. Yeah, they they've definitely been standing up for one another, and I'll tell you some of that is a Josh Davies influence. Um, you know, we we've talked we talked a lot about number seventy one uh, on our last the last time I was on with you, I think a couple of weeks ago. Um, but he you know, and he's missed some of these games, but you know, Davies is he has taken on a leadership role and I can tell you from, from practices and, and things and, and talking with other people, like he's holding, I don't want to call it clinics, but it's kind of like what, what Ludwig did when he was here, where he was kind of showing guys how to, not necessarily how to fight, but just kind of how to handle yourselves in kind of the rough, tough situations and things like that. And so, you know, when you see Darby drop the gloves and, uh, you know, I, I looked up into, you know, where Davies was sitting and with the scratches and he had a big smile on his face and, you know, clapping as he's cheered his teammate on and, and things like that. So, you know, I think there, there's a lot of that fun, um, you know, for fans, when when you see a when you see Marcus Newen drop the gloves, like I was trying to remember the last time he had a fight. Uh, but you know, they you know he saw his teammate take a knee and he didn't hesitate and he jumped in there. And you know, when you have Darby to kind of a similar situation of standing up for a teammate, they they just don't put up with it. And you know, they felt disrespected by by Bell putting the the 
puck into the net and you know, I, I liked kind of your tweet of you know there's there's hockey code and it got kind of got stepped on a little bit and uh you know kurt had a great tweet of or comment of you know that's maybe the biggest check we've seen luca can yodi throw uh and you know it just kind of exploded you know on the guy <laughs> along the wall af- afterwards and uh there was a lot of rough stuff and you know i think tri-city was frustrated so that plays some of it into it and uh but yeah we, i mean we've seen some of that that rough stuff in, in all the games so far and uh you know i think i think when when teams are half they're going to try and get under portland's skin because they're not going to be able to keep pace with at least most of these teams they're not going to be able to keep up with portland's speed and how you do that is you kind of get under their skin you try and you know take guys off and you try and you know you know trade one guy for another and you know but like we saw sometimes the four and fours can burn teams because now portland's got more time and space to be able to generate their speed through the neutral zone so there's you know but the you know we're seeing guys that don't normally maybe participate in some of that stuff really starting to kind of stand up for one another. Well, you mentioned two particular, you know, incidents that, I don't know if incidents is the right word, but occurrences, you know, that I feel were, were significant. And yeah, the, uh, the knee and then, you know, new and grabbing a guy and, 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 you know, feeding, feeding him some rights. I mean, you know, I mean, it's there's probably room for a, a bigger debate on on hockey fights in in general, hockey fights in a junior league where you know guys are you know some some of them are under eighteen they they aren't you know as a fo- as opposed to you know uh, grown ups you know adults playing a professional game and and and, and all of that but you know personally I like the idea that. You know, if you are to step out of line, that you can be held accountable physically, and yep. I I still think that that's that that's important. And I think knee on knee, I think is that kind of situation. And I, I get that, you know, they lost the power play because of it, because of the unsportsmanlike. And I also kind of side note to the side note, I like that that's how the game has evolved. That we will throw an unsportsmanlike on there as opposed to an instigator. Yep. Because obviously the knee was the instigator. That's what started it. Right. And so, but, you know, but I get that they want to discourage it. And so, you know, you can, you, you can stand up for your guy, but you're going to lose the power play. And I think that's a fair trade as well, because I mean, because, because what's the alternative, right? So if, you know, if a guy gets, sticks his knee out and, I mean, the whole the whole point of that being, you know, wrong is, you know, there could be a serious injury there. And so, you know, you can put your hands in your pockets and hope they make the right call and hope you score on a power play. But, you know, I think if, if you want to discourage that kind of behavior, I think that, you know, again, holding a guy to account physically, I feel like is a better, dis, you know, way to discourage it than, you know, setting him in the box. Yeah, and it's a little bit of self-policing a little bit and it's it's how bonds are formed yeah and it's how bonds are formed amongst teammates like you can stand up for somebody and it you know darby earned a lot of respect i'll tell you that like he already had the respect of his of the locker of the locker room but when when you see a young guy like that step up and 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 drop the mitts and kind of defend a teammate it it kind of builds that camaraderie a little bit more and you know i think where I was frustrated and I try not to harp on the officials too much, but the game against, against Tri-City got more out of hand than it needed to because they just kept evening everything up. And we saw it with the Jack O'Brien, um, 
kind of retaliatory penalty where he came over and kind of shoved the guy and the ref called him for a roughing. I'm like, he didn't hit him in the face. He didn't get his stick up. He pushed him with his glove, like trying not to be too much of a Portland homer with that. But you, you kind of look at it and you go, why are they evening this up? We saw it. I think we saw it in the Kamloops game at one point where, where Kamloops defended their player and they lost a power play. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it always has to be a let's even it up. Like, hey, if this guy started it, then that should be, I think that should be punished, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the other team getting a power plate. Now, you know, I still think you give Nguyen, you know, two minutes for, for an unsportsmanlike conduct, but give the other guy a two minute for a roughing as well. Like, it, it's just a, it's a tough spot because I, I, I think you still have to, like you were going to like when you blew the whistle, you blew the whistle with the intention to call a penalty. And then now you're getting into the fact that a bunch of other stuff happened. And I, I just, I thought there was too much evening it up in the Portland Tri-City game. And if they would have, if the officials would have just started taking one guy out of the scrum instead of two and, you know, coincidental minors, I, I think maybe some of those, that stuff starts to die down a little bit, but, um, yeah, it's a it's a weird dynamic right now, but the, the game is definitely changing. Uh, I mean, you know my stance on on it. I've said it till I'm blue in the face. I I think until you're 18, you should have to wear a cage or a fishbowl. Um, I, I I just think it's these kids are they're kids, right? The 16s and the 17s, they're they're still kids. They're not adults, and you got your whole life ahead of you, and you're gonna um, you, you've you, you just got to protect yourself. And you know, I I don't know. You know, I don't know when it happened, but, you know, Sotis has got a pretty significant, you know, injury that he's dealing with that I don't know if a cage or a, or a shield would have, would have changed that or not for him. But you just you just worry about some of those guys. And, you know, the fighting is, is a tough element with that. And you probably can't do that if you're wearing a cage or, a, you know, a fishbowl. But you just you, you worry about some of that with, with, with just how young these guys are in their future, but it's also part of hockey. It's how guys earn roster spots. It's, it's also how they, you know, if, if you don't get a chance to kind of practice fighting or develop your fighting skills or defending yourself now, and then you go play pro and you're trying to learn it on, on the fly, you know, how well set up are you? There's just so many different factors with that, but I absolutely didn't mind the physicality of things. You just hope both teams, for the most part, left that game still healthy, and no one's on a you know going to miss any time as a result of any of the 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 post whistle activities, if you will. Yeah, no, you made seventeen different points there, and I can't say <laughs> I, I'm so good. I, I'm a long winded man. I'm long winded. Yeah, I, I can't say I disagree <laughs> with, with with much of it, but I mean, you know, it, it to get down to the nuance. I mean, yeah, if you if you've got to wear a cage, you know, for two years, and and that might make sense. It's like, do you got to put a, you know, like, you know, you put the, the stop sign on the, on the back of the yep. jerseys when they're, you know, in, in, uh, in, in midget or whatever. Like, do you got to put one on like the left side of the collar, like where you would grab it for a fight to put a stop, put a stop sign on the seventeens <laughs> and not the eighteens? Right. Like, right. But, uh, you know, but yeah. And, 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 and you're and maybe we shouldn't have, you know, these underage kids fighting. Well then tell them not to stick their goddamn knee out. You know, I mean, yep. if, 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 if that's going to be the thing, but, you know, and that's one thing I really liked about the new one play is, you know, you know, I'm sitting next to my girlfriend and she says, well, he doesn't, he doesn't fight guys. It's not his thing. And I was like, he was the closest guy, you know, yep. and that's, and that's, you know, even more respect, you know, from, from me personally, because I'm like, that's not a thing that he does. It's not a, 
you know, a, 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 you know, a card he has to play. But if you're the closest guy and you're standing up for your your guy, that's that that's that's your you know that's your role. And and and, and acquitted himself very well. I I felt and. You know, and then you go down that rabbit hole too. That you know, when the when the star player you know breaks his hand, you know, on a on the side of a guy's helmet or whatever, you know, like that's then everybody looks dumb and like that's you know another another argument against the you know the 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 code and the, and the self policing of it. But you know, it's for the rest of the times that it doesn't happen. You know, and and you talk about the 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 the, the Hudson Darby play. I mean. <laughs> Back to we talked about earlier. I've I've seen his dad fight all kinds of guys, you know, right. in 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 the pros, you know. So they, you know, are 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 you know grown men at that point, at least you know legally, and you know. But uh, so so he comes from a long line of of uh, of, of of taking care of, of that element of the game. But but and and so it, and to be fair too, at that point, you know, is a lot of it was was gratuitous. He wasn't, you know. Uh, uh, Papa, Papa uh, Darby, there. He wasn't getting a lot of ice time, and so he tried to make the most of it when he could. And and so a lot of those fights didn't need to happen; they were just kind of there, you know. And and so there's the, the the entertainment element of that. But you know, do we need fights for entertainment? And that's a whole different side of the thing, you know. Like that's right. not, you know, I, I have definitely seen that. And and sometimes it's fun, but at what cost? And so then there's a whole. Again, that's that's probably a longer conversation for for a different time. But you know, I think we touched on a lot of the a lot of the points, and and, and it's like anything else. I mean, it's a, both things can be true, and you can you can you don't have to you don't have to take one side or the other necessarily. If you can, you know, try to you know on on the one hand, on the other hand, and and uh, you know, I think you know me on and off the ice. It's kind of how I try to look at things. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I think you're spot on, and it, and it's a it's an important discussion to have, and and you're 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 right. Like you don't, I don't th- think there's a wrong or a right side to it, and you know, I think we're seeing in other junior leagues where fighting has been taken out. It's I I, I worry about some of those cheap shots because you're not held accountable, and you know it. I hate to use a mighty ducks you know, two line, but you know, when, when those big, bad Iceland players get thrown into the penalty box, they, you know, one of their lines is two minutes, well worth it. Right. Like if, if, if you can, you know, some of those guys are just, I, I worry about what the game will turn into if there isn't some of that self-policing and accountability. So, um, you know, I'm, you know, I, I kind of talk out of both sides of my mouth a little bit with it, but I, I definitely think that that fighting has a time and a place and, it, it can certainly change momentum of the game. It can get fans involved. It, it brings the casuals to their feet as well. Um, so, you know, for the most part, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with, with anything that happened. I don't think anybody was malicious with it. You know, I think you see more often than not, probably nine times out of 10, the guys will pat each other on the back and, when they go to the box or they'll kind of give a tip of the hat to each other. And, you know, very rarely are you seeing guys still after a fight, still yelling at each other in the box. And, you know, that's usually there's more that's, that's led up to it than, than one singular incident. But it's one of those where, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's part of hockey and it's part of the code and there's unwritten rules and there's some unwritten rules that need to be changed. And then there are others that, can probably remain and i think at least from my standpoint fighting is is one of them well you know for me personally when i was you know junior hockey age i mean i never played the game but 
when I was that age, you know, I had no concept of, of consequences and unless somebody was going to beat them into me, you know, and that's, that's a real thing. Like I thought I could get away with whatever and until somebody showed me that I couldn't get away with that. And so maybe I just kind of apply that to, uh, you know, the, the, the kids, uh, uh, you know, today, but you know, I mean, I probably, I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have pushed so hard if I would have had, you know, had to answer in, in, in a physical manner like, like that. And so maybe, maybe that's just kind of, you know, my learned experiences applying to it, but either way, I mean, yeah, we've, we spent some time talking about that. I mean, but that being said, I mean, if you want to, you know, again, over, oversimplify things, well, if they got, you know, a, a very skilled, you know, and experienced defense, they have the, the goalie of the week you have a very deep scoring by committee, and they're mean. I mean, what more do you want out of a hockey team right now? <laughs> right, yeah, it's it's a fun team to watch because you know, you know where I sit. I you know, there's a couple of fans that'll that'll hear yell, hit somebody, right? And there's not been a lot of that this year, whether or not those fans are at the games or not. But Portland is finishing the check. They're fun to watch. They're they're jumping up in the play. You know, we got, you know, I like to, you know, joke with uh, a couple of the other guys on the, on the media row there and just like power forward Ulster activated and, you know, seeing him down low and Josh Morey on Friday or on Sunday beat out an icing call. And like, I'm like, that's a 19 year old defenseman who just beat out an icing call. Like that's, that's the type of player that Josh Morey is. Kurt called that out in one of his tweets. Uh, so if people aren't following Kurt, please do. Cause he's got a lot of good insight, but uh, you know, it's just a, you know, there, there's some of those things right now of, you know, even going back to the, the Kamloops game. Um, I think, no, excuse me, the Everett game, former Kamloops, uh, Caden Hamill. Um, but in that Everett game where, where Josh Davies sent, you know, Hamill into the wall and, you know, um, you know, Kyle is one of the photographers, Kyle Smitsky. I can never pronounce his last name. Sorry, Kyle, if you're listening. But, uh, you know, he took a photo right before right before the hit. And it was like it was at that moment he realized he screwed up. Right. Like it was just one of those one of those just iconic photos that that are out there. Um, you know, Winterhawks have such great team photographers, Keith and Matt and, and Megan as well. But um, it's this team. There's just so much there's so much to like about this group and, you know, fans are starting to get the, the spoon chant or the spoon chant, uh, you know, when Spoonar makes a save and holds onto the puck and, you know, their dynamic on the power play, Luca Cagnoni's uh, type of player who's got the never let them know your next move type of uh, approach to the game. And you're absolutely right. There's enjoy this, this brand of hockey that, that Portland's playing right now. And, um, you know, you'll have to do it from WHL Live here in the future. But, uh, um, you know, uh, on Wednesday, uh, I am i don't know if people are going to try and get down there early, but uh, not to throw it to a shameless plug. But, I mean, if people want to get down there early, is there a spot they can they can hit up? Well, first off, you do want to get down early because there's some sort of concert in, oh, the, good point. in, oh, good the, in point. the Moda Center. And yep. so that, that's a great opportunity to try to get down to, uh, to see our friends down at Cartside, which... By the way, I've I've been kind of soft launching it for them. I don't I have no authorization to share this information with uh, with you guys, <laughs> but uh, um, they are going to be an official uh, watch party for the road games. Very and nice. they're I don't think they're quite set up for it yet. So that's kind of I think why there hasn't been an official announcement. But I feel like 
folks want some time to think about it and digest that information and think about, you know, like it would be fun to go down there as opposed to, hey, there's a game tonight. Well, I, I, I just found that out. Like, you know, I don't want right. to, you know, and so right. that way you have time to think about it. And I, I was talking to, uh, you know, my buddy Bear that, that, that runs the place, you know, the, uh, this last weekend. And, yeah, they're getting set up. And I was like, I think your timing's pretty good because, you know, that, that Eastern Swing's coming up. Yep. And so, uh, so we'll, we'll see if, uh, if, you know, I, I assume they'll be up and running by then, but you know, how those things go, but just keep that in mind. But if you, and when you do make it down the cart side, you only know, tell them listen to the show and they'll, they'll, uh, they'll give you happy hour pricing on drinks, which is, which is pretty nice, especially compared to, uh, you know, rose quarter prices. So, and they've definitely got, room, definitely got room for you. I know we were down there on, uh, on Sunday night and there was just, it was pretty much just hockey fans. There's jerseys of all. You know, like you get it in junior rank jerseys, all shapes and sizes and colors. And <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> it's one of the benefits of junior hockey, right? It's not just everybody wearing the same jersey or the same same three jerseys. It's you get you know favorite players, favorite teams, current players, former players. I see. I've even seen a couple future players. Like I, I was like, wait, what? What am I like? You know. Um, so th- there, there's some of those, uh, you know, ty- types of players that that are out there. Um, there was a Jersey foul that I saw. Um, I, I saw a Bedard Canadians Jersey, which I thought was a little weird. Um, nice. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if you see that guy, ask him what he's doing. Cause that was a, <laughs> I was trying to snap a photo without making it obvious, but I was, it was like, I, what? <laughs> it's like, I don't think that's, I don't think that's how that works. So, um, but yeah, you're right. You see absolutely everything in, uh, in that but shout out to that guy if 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 you're that guy hit me up because i'd love to write a quick story on why you're wearing a darn canadians jersey to a winterhawks game but uh yeah more power to you if you got if you can yeah you get the you get the folks that you know they like this particular player on the winterhawks and went to whatever whatever pro team i don't care about that pro team but i'm back in this player and yeah you know I've, i've i've thought about those things myself but yeah yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's fun time down the rink and, and affordable, especially if you have the right pregame spot. And uh, yeah, well, this uh, this road trip's going to be going to be fun. We'll have to figure out what to do with with this particular show. I've got some ideas. Yeah. We'll see if we'll see what happens with it. But and uh, and obviously, Josh, where do we where do we get your where do we get your writing at? Yeah, so I'm at uh, pnwhockeytalk.com. Uh, you can check out any of our stories there. Um, I'm working on a pretty big. Um, pretty big piece that i'm going to try and i wouldn't say break some news but uh i think it'll be one that'll be of interest to any fans that uh attend winterhawks games in person i think you'll enjoy um some the next story that's probably going to hit the website there um got a couple other stories like i mentioned at the start that i'm that i'm working on on um on some features that are kind of beyond just the the normal what's going on in on, on the ice and kind of some stuff away from the ice and kind of what makes the, the hockey operations department tick. So we've got some, got some good stuff in, in the pipeline uh, coming there. I know Kurt's working on a couple of things as well. So uh, he'll, he'll have some stuff on pnwhockeytalk.com as well for uh, in, in the near future. But, uh, and then on Twitter or X or whatever it's called, uh, I'm still, I don't still think I can't get over that. And, you know, I unfortunately paid the, I paid to become a verified member so I could have access to the to the tweet deck or whatever that I used to live tweet the games and it's just absolutely ruined my experience because now like my like the, the tweet that I tried to send on Friday that the game had gone final posted like an hour and a half 
afterwards and uh the tweets will post like two minutes after i hit send and i'm like it's not live tweeting if you're two minutes behind like that's not how this works but maybe the people who follow me and stream at the same time maybe appreciate it but i don't know it's been it's been chaotic but anyway back to you know uh, you know squirrel shiny object here with josh that's what you get with me but uh on on whatever platform you want to call that it's uh j-j-c-r-i-t-z-e-r so uh yeah uh i'll hope that you uh follow me there it's uh i'm back and forth i keep getting the notification of congratulations you've reached a thousand followers i think i've gotten that about 14 times now so uh because i go like on non-game days i'm like at a thousand and two and then on game days i think people are sick of my tweets because i'm i drop back down to like 998 or something like that so i'll keep getting these push notifications from twitter congratulations you've reached a thousand followers and then it's i'm like i already got this so yeah it's kind of kind of fun but yeah that's how you could how you can follow along there's a there's a lot of bots and oh of course yeah. porn scams yeah. and stuff uh, stuff yeah if 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 you want josh i can go back and 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 i don't i don't do a lot of editing on this stuff but i can go back and cut out the part where you paid him if you want me to <laughs> <laughs> you know it's uh you can leave that in. i don't care it's yeah. it's one of those where I, like one of the first options that they give you which it, now we're really getting into it but when the first like after i signed up because i had no idea what i was doing when i signed up and i was like i really don't want to do this but i had some budget from some of my sponsors and supporters of pnw hockey talk and um and so i had some sponsorship dollars i was like well i really would like to have tweet deck and you know again that's kind of peeling back the curtain a little bit but uh the first option it gives you after you purchase it is the ability to hide that you purchased it. <laughs> like, like, wait a minute here. So really? you're so proud. Yeah. It, really? it gives you the, it gives you the option to hide the, hide your blue check mark that you paid for it. I'm like, you're really proud of the $84 that I just paid you right now that you don't, you don't want people to see it because it's like, would you like to hide your blue check mark? I'm like, um, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a weird it's a weird platform right now. That that's for sure. Yes, that's but pretty, that's but it's the platform. But it's the platform that that we have, and it allows you know as right and wrong and weird and frustrating as it is. It's it's a platform that's allowed me to do what I do and get my my articles and stuff out there, and you know be able to interact with fans and answer questions and things like that. So, as much as I like to rip on it, I also if I didn't have it. I kind of would be a little disappointed. No, so, I, I you, yeah. your 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 experience is very common. I you know I'm the, I'm the same way. I mean it's it's so handy for being able to to talk about the game in real time. Like what did I what did you see on this goal? I like the way this player is playing. You know something interesting happened in this other game we're following at the same time. Like it's it's such a handy resource and to to just constantly screw it up from the top for no for no good reasons. Yeah. frustrating and yep and something i want to circle back around to and, and and i think you gave me a good segue so uh you you do have good sponsors over there at uh at pnw hockey talk and any any uh any particular wineries in, in downtown sherwood <laughs> yeah i appreciate that uh you know jay rouse and sellers he's uh <laughs> look at us just lobbing softballs to each other right um slow slow pitch adult softball on a monday night in october but uh yeah no uh jay rallison sellers in downtown sherwood he's got a wonderful tasting room there he's just opened up a his his new location uh, up on parrot mountain as well and had a chance to go up there and 
and help him a little bit with with fall harvest and he's got some some great uh wines coming and uh, boutique style wines you know quality over quantity very family atmosphere as as far as the tasting room goes and um you know a lot of these some of these wineries that you go to you know they give you a one ounce pour and not a not a not a drop more and you know I, I like that they kind of can sometimes be a little more heavy-handed on those on their tasting pours, which which is nice. But yeah, you know, Jared's been uh, been a good friend of mine since I moved out here eight years ago, and um, when I launched PNW Hockey Talk, and even at my time with with Dub Network in the past, he's always supported me and helps helped fund this. And you know, I, I might try and get up to Everett, and um, you know, he helps helps cover that and make it possible, and and covers some of the website fees and things like that. So. Um, and then uh, Portland Window Coverings is another group um, that has come on board when I launched PNW Hockey Talk, and they're actually the ones that helped fund the uh, <laughs> fund the Twitter purchase. So uh, if you need any window coverings, t- check out Portland Window Coverings. But uh, you know they're uh, uh, just another just another group of of people that just are you know they're passionate about you know about hockey and and you know things going on in Portland, and you know it's it's not you know we, we don't you know, you know this you don't get into you know coverage junior hockey to make money but you know anything you can do to 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 kind of help those that are that are supporting to make shows like this possible and um and just kind of you know just support those that you know and even any of the, the sponsors of the winter hawks too like you know just you know do what you can to try and try and you know pay it back to to, to those groups because they they are taking a chance and and we really appreciate what, what they do for us to allow us to to provide some of this content to you guys all right, Josh. Well, yeah, I really appreciate your time, and uh, you know, it's 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 hard to you know I can't do a show without a guest, and uh, and, and you've <laughs> you've always been there for me, so I, I, I yeah. appreciate your time and and insight yep. on uh, on the junior hockey. Yeah, absolutely. It's always uh, the house band is available, like I like to say about myself, the house band, and uh, yeah, hope to uh, see you all around the rink.